0: Hey everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Bluewire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Bluewire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Bluewire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join.
1: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I'm your special guest host for this episode today. Boo. That is uh, Jacob Westendorf there booing me, although he was the uh, the person who reached out to me and uh, asked me to guest host this episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast. So it's great to be back with Jacob. Great to be back with Maggie, my old podcast partners, Jimmy Christensen as well. I've worked with him on Lombardi's Bar for Game On Wisconsin. He's a very fun individual to work with alongside Dan Kotnick and Todd Varney, uh, which just makes for one hell of an interesting show uh, producing that. But, uh, yeah, so great to be back. And, it's been a while since I've done one of these, especially with, uh, you know, Jacob and Maggie, my old podcast partners, like I said, but today we're going to be doing a, Jacob, how did you describe it? Because when you sent out this idea, I got very confused about the, um, which is for anyone that's ever listened to me. the course. Little, yeah, par for the course. Exactly.
0: You so didn't not, explain it well.
1: Well, that's, that is fair after we kind of uh, dove into it a little bit deeper, but it's Buy or sell
0: uh,
1: of five different players that we put on their performance last year, and then whether we're buying or selling them coming into the 2021-22 season, correct? Yep. All right, perfect. So that's what we're going to be doing today. So five different players that we came up with, buy or sell from their performance from last year coming into this next season. So we'll just get it started right away. Uh, Tight end Jay Sternberger, Jacob, buying, selling him.
2: I am still buying. I am firmly entrenched aboard the Jay Sternberger train. As everybody likes to uh, jump off of things a little early, I will remind everyone tight ends take forever to develop. I understand the frustration when it comes to injuries But I think when he plays, some of the inconsistencies and stuff are things that are fixable. But he is, in my opinion, the most talented tight end the Packers have on their roster. And that includes Robert Tunyon. He's the only player on this team that I think, at that position, that can create plays for himself. Meaning that it doesn't have to be schemed up for him to find his own way. Which there's nothing wrong with that. That's just how I feel from a talent standpoint. So I am all in on number 87. Give me every bit of Jay Sternberger stock I can, because I can buy it low and eventually I'll be able to sell it high.
1: Well, we can only hope that that's true. Maggie, do you agree with Jacob or are you going in a different direction?
0: I mean, I typically try to never agree with Jacob, but I do agree with him in this this instance. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think... I think this is the year, right? It has to be. We haven't, we can't really see another plateau. And I know we'll talk about Robert Tunyon in just a couple minutes, but with Mercedes Lewis potentially not coming back, even though I very much think that he'll be back in Green Bay, like you need to start developing and relying on these young guys, whether it's Josiah DeGuera, um, Jay Sternberger, Tunyon, if he comes back. So this is, a really good opportunity for him to be tight end one or tight end two going into the season. And I think he's, he has to capitalize on that. And I think he will. So yeah, I, I would buy for sure.
1: All right. interesting. And Jimmy buying, selling Jace Sternberger.
0: Uh,
3: just kind of like Jacob said, he's, he's only going into his third season and Robert Tunyon kind of had his breakout this year and this was his third season and he battled injuries during his second season. Jace, he hasn't had a full season yet. The first one he missed because of an ankle. Last season, he missed some games uh, due to a concussion. So he is he's going to his third year, only one real training camp. So um, give him some time. Tight ends take a long time to develop, and uh, he has a lot of talent. There's a reason the Packers took him so early. So um, I'm definitely buying
1: Lots of upside with him. And I mean, do you guys find it because uh, we're actually going to be talking about his uh, counterpart, uh, Robert Tunyon, here in just a second, but with the season that Tunyon had this past year, is it going to be, I mean, are, are we assuming that Tunyon will still be tight end number one going into this coming season, Jacob? I mean, I would assume there's no reason to think he won't be. And What is the possibility of Sternberger taking over that number one spot, or do you think they'll use both of them equally?
2: Assuming Tunyon's back, I think that's one thing that is probably a likely scenario, but not a slam dunk, if you will, like a normal restricted free agent might be. But yeah, Tunyon will start if he's here. He's earned that opportunity, certainly. His numbers last year. They speak for themselves. He's got the trust of Aaron Rodgers. He's a big-time red zone weapon, and he catches everything thrown to him. You know, Sternberger, albeit I'm admitting that I am taking a risk, if you will, by buying this stock, there's not a whole lot there right now in terms of production. You know, you've seen a few flashes, things that you kind of like from his rookie season, and a few things that you kind of like and you kind of don't like from his sophomore season, and that's not just the injury stuff. I mean, they had some inconsistencies this year with – catching the ball for example he had a couple untimely drops throughout the course of the season so yeah tonyan will start i don't have any doubt on that
1: any any injury concerns for stirberger i mean i know obviously it's not the the fairest argument um and we we did already point out that robert Tunyon had injury concerns last year but um just throughout his first two seasons moving forward any concern there
0: I don't think so. I mean, I think we've seen certain players not able to necessarily catch a break. Kevin King comes to mind as one of those guys that had kind of an on and off start with nagging injuries. And I think that I think the concussions, if anything, would be more concerning since this isn't his first concussion and he's only been in the league for two seasons. But beyond that, as far as like being injury prone, I think he's he's totally fine.
1: All right. Well, let's move on to our next buy or sell here. Jimmy, we'll start with you, uh, Robert Tanyan buying, selling him moving into the 20, 2022 season. So if we're
3: selling it's, we don't think he's going to have the same type of season as last year. Correct. Or is it, we're just writing them off. I want to make sure. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with selling, but I just think it's to the fact that he's not going to have as strong as a season he did last year for the reason of Jay Sternberger's going into his third year. We kind of all just said how we expect him to kind of take a step forward. Um, Lewis might not be there next year, which is going to be more time for Sternberger as well. Also, DeGuar is coming back from injury, and he might see some time at that tight end position. Um, He'll be kind of that versatile weapon. I think if he is on the team, I think he's definitely going to be productive. I just don't think he's going to be able to match the success he had from last season because he kind of took the league by by storm last year. And now it's kind of a a weapon that they have to focus on a little bit more coming into the season.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Jacob, do we expect another, what, 10-11 touchdown season out of of Tunyon in 2021?
2: No, and I will go one step further. There's been some scuttle that the Packers may tender him with that round two designation, and to me, if a team gives a contract, I don't think the Packers should stretch themselves to match that contract, and I would happily take that second-round pick. I think Tunyon is a good player, but if we let's use the quarterback example, Brian Tannehill is a system quarterback, if you will. Everything has to be done perfectly for him, drawn up, all that kind of thing. I think Robert Tunyon is a system tight end, and that's totally fine while he's in Green Bay because he's in Green Bay system and it fits him perfectly. That being said, if you're having to pay somebody, game breaking, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, when he was in his prime, that kind of money. I would like for him to be that kind of player. And I know what Tunyon's numbers were last season, but I think that there's some window dressing in terms of what his numbers are. I just, I don't think that he's somebody that is a, a big time game breaking playmaker. Now, if you can get him on a relatively fair deal, then yeah, you shouldn't let him walk over, you know, relative peanuts, but, I would sell his stock, and I wouldn't be too married to the idea of Tunyon having to be in Green Bay next season either. I think that you know they can find ways to replace that production.
1: Well, you know, Jacob, that's interesting. You you mentioned you know not being married to a Maggie. Um, you know, tight end is a position that Green Bay has been trying to figure out since you know they had the the one year with Jared Cook I mean but they've really been trying to figure it out ever since Jermichael Finley and it seems like you know obviously they've invested in Sternberger which is great but you know we haven't quite seen that come to fruition totally on the field yet and you have Robert Tunyon here who you know clearly you know showed up really really uh productively last year so I mean is there any do you feel um as far as Green Bay is concerned like even if it's not the greatest Uh, you know, clearly Tunyon is not what Jermichael Finley was. That's hard to replicate. But like, just to feel that you have some confidence in your tight end group. I mean, does that make a difference? And I mean, as far as buying or selling the stock moving forward?
0: Yeah, I I kind of was going into this one thinking that it's almost a contingency on what happens with Mercedes Lewis. And they're very different players. Obviously, their style is very different. Um, You wouldn't expect Robert Tunyon to serve the role that Mercedes Lewis does. Mercedes Lewis can't be the kind of tight end at this stage of his career that Robert Tunyon was for the Packers this season, but I do think that if you move on from a guy like Mercedes Lewis, you have a lot of unproven talent there, and the tight end room, I mean, yes you have Sternberger, Deguara, and Daphne, but those are really young guys that have only shown flashes and, I mean, Deguara played in one game before he got hurt week two, and while it was an exciting one game, and we got Got to kind of see how Matt LeFleur wants to utilize him. I don't really see an opportunity for some of those guys to be the player that Robert Tunyon was. So I, I guess I would still sell. But especially like Jacob said, if you're going to potentially get a second round pick, if somebody wants to match that, I think you have places where the cupboard is a little more bare and you actually need to invest that second rounder in a a really talented spot. Like, I mean, corner, this draft class is full of really good corners in the first couple rounds. So I think if you can make that kind of trade off, but if he'll come back and the contract won't break the bank and the Packers can get him, I think you need that insurance in the offense.
1: All right. Well, we're going to move on to our third player. Everyone's favorite uh, discussion point from this past season uh, in the wide receiver room, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Maggie buying or selling his stock. He um, he was one of those players, man, when he made plays, they were great. And there were some that you were like, really wish you wouldn't see those. But, you know, nonetheless, you kind of. Live or die by the sword. So MVS going into 2021, buying or selling his stock?
0: Right before you called on me, I was convinced that I was selling, but I'm, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy MVS stock right now. And that's because I think that, you know, I, I believe Alan Lazard will come back, but the Packers don't really have the MVS type player on the roster outside of MVS. He's a really good compliment to Devonte Adams. He holds defenses accountable, whether he is blowing the top off a of defense with his speed or, you know, kind of taking maybe some safety coverage. So Devonte can get one-on-one, maybe they'll draft a guy that can do similar things, but, I mean, we've seen it take three years for EQ and MBS to even kind of be in the offense. So whether a guy like Devin Funches comes back, whatever the role is, I don't really see MVS starting the season below wide receiver three. So I think he'll get his opportunities and I think that he's going to capitalize. So, yes, I convinced myself in the last 30 seconds that I am absolutely buying MBS.
1: All right, Jacob, buying, selling MBS stock here.
2: I am buying for what he is. So if you want him to be your team's second best wide receiver, or a consistent playmaker opposite of Devontae, the Randall Cobb, if you will, to 2014 Jordy Nelson, then you're going to be disappointed. That being said, for a deep threat, he's exactly what the Packers need for those kinds of things. You know, don't ask him to do the stuff. Don't ask him to make plays after the catch, like on a bubble screen or something like that, because that's just not what he is, ask him to do stuff that he is good at. And I thought they did a better job of that, especially as the season went out. This hasn't been talked about, I don't think, a whole lot, but Mark Valdez Scantling was the most productive receiver on the field in the NFC Championship game. That was a big-time performance by him in a big spot. So, including the bomb, touchdown, everything of that sort. For what he is, and I would like to see the Packers add to that position, certainly in this offseason – but for what he is as a team's deep threat and third to fourth wide receiver that is going to block his ass off and is you're not going to have to worry about him crying to the media that he's not getting targets and stuff like that, I can live with MVS, to paraphrase.
1: All right. Well, Jimmy, can you live with MVS for another season here?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going with bye. I, one, because if Todd listens to this, he'll be very upset that I didn't take MVS because that is his ride or die. Uh, but I just... One thing that I really liked about MVS this season was in 2000, uh, the 2019 season, we kind of saw him fade out towards the second half of the season. Uh, and it started to look like he was moving down that same track this season. But then he had a couple of big games. There was one he had um, against. Detroit in week 13 he had six targets six receptions we saw him come up big in the playoff game so even though it looked like he was starting to go down that road again he kind of picked it up and we saw huge progress from him this season obviously there's a couple drops and things there that you don't want to see but as a number two number three receiver that's going to open up the field and I think I saw since 2018 he's only behind uh, Tyreek Hill for touchdowns over 40 plus yards so he He's doing his job of what we need him to do It's spread the field out, make big plays uh, and make it a little bit easier on Devante.
1: Absolutely. And it's uh, one of those things Packer fans have been wanting the speed receiver. Well, that's kind of his role. So you got to let him do his thing. Um, but uh, all right, well that's uh, three offensive players right there, all pass catchers. Um, and uh, so we'll head to the defensive side of the ball here. Um so, Maggie, start with you again here. Raven Green, buying or selling his stock after this past season?
0: I'm selling it, and it's not necessarily because of the player that he is. Um, it's more or less kind of wondering what Joe Barry's going to do and not knowing if he has as much of a role on this defense as he maybe would have as kind of that hybrid safety inside linebacker backer that he did for Mike Patton. And that's not a knock against him as a player but he does have some injury concerns these first couple seasons we haven't really gotten to see a full glimpse at what he can do and again I think really it goes back to Joe Barry and kind of the fit that he might have in this defense I expect the Packers to take a couple defenders in the draft that could also kind of mirror the Raven Green role I thought Vernon Scott had an opportunity to do that in the 2020 season so yeah I think I think selling and it's not necessarily based on talent it's just that he might not necessarily fit in this defense.
1: All right, Jacob, buying or selling Raven Greenstock?
2: I'm with Maggie. I'm, I'm selling, too. Uh, I think he's an okay player. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I think that he's getting a little, like, he got a lot of credit in the 2019 season for the run defense because everybody pointed to the fact that he played six quarters and the Packers stopped the run against Chicago and then kind of Dalvin Cook before Green went down with an injury. But it's like, that's not really the best place to put the credit for that early portion of the season. I just think green is a dude who he's all right. You know, he was what you would call like a, he would be the R in war. If we were talking about baseball, he's a replacement level player. He can do a lot of stuff, but I think that's a position you can aim higher at, you know, how much different is Raven green going to be from Vernon Scott. I really don't know. You know, I, I, I haven't seen a whole lot out of him. I think that they can bring him back, And let him compete in camp. But that's something where, you know, last year, for example, and not to cry over spilled milk, but my draft crush for the Packers at the end of the first round was Antoine Winfield Jr. And that's like a souped-up version of Raven, a much better version, honestly, of Raven Green. And the stuff they could do with him and Amos and Savage, it's just silly to think about. Obviously, that didn't happen. So yeah, long story short, I'm selling on Green. I think they that's a position they can. Find an upgradable piece at, you know, he can be solid depth, special teams, stuff like that. But if he's your starter and somebody you're really relying on, I don't think you can be a championship level defense that way.
1: All right. Well, that brings us to you, Jimmy, buying or selling Raven Green stock.
3: Yeah, I'm going to have to go sell on this, too. Uh, I'd love to see him in kind of that Will Redman role of the depth that Jacob just talked about or Like if something happens, you need him to go in. He's serviceable for the time being, but we've seen there's some injury history. And I actually had the chance to talk to him this past off season. And he said he was, he's especially frustrated because in college, he had no injuries come to the NFL now. And there's multiple seasons where it ended early. Um, and obviously it, I don't want to say he's injury prone or it's a trend that's going to keep happening, but we see those we've, we've experienced this with Kevin King where we kind of said that in the beginning, then injuries kept coming up. Um, and for the value that's coming out of it, it, it might not be worth kind of waiting around and seeing if he is an injury prone player like this. And we, we need to just upgrade out the position in general.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the past year, great uh, green. Played 10 games. Didn't start any of them. Not necessarily all that surprising, um, but yeah, not, not too much to look at from last year. Um, but we'll move on to our last player here, um, rookie. Well, no longer a rookie, but uh, Chris Barnes. Um, so rookie season last year, he uh, he played 13 games, started 10. And uh, especially now that they've released uh, Christian Kirksey, uh, Chris Barnes near the end of the season played a much bigger role. Seems like the Packers seem to like him, although this again is, um, Probably even worse than the tight end position, but this is also a position Green Bay has been trying to get right uh, constantly At what it seems like for the last, oh, I don't know, ever since A.J. Hawk left. And the, uh, maybe even before he even left, they were trying to get it right. But, um, Jimmy, we'll start with you. Uh, Chris Barnes, buying or selling his stock coming into this season? Well, I um, I interviewed
3: him for Lombardi's bar. And the second we were done with that interview, I went on NFL.com and bought a Chris Barnes Jersey. So I am buying uh, because one, I don't want to get a new Jersey. And two, I just really liked um, he was in such a tough spot this year. He was coming in as an undrafted rookie in an offseason where it's going to be even tougher for them to join the team um, as years passed. And then right before the game against a division rival, he gets activated and even plays against the Vikings week one. And we saw throughout the season, he just, you see the instinct in him. He's able to, he replay reads plays pretty well. Then he's for a rookie who's kind of coming in short notice a week ahead, or a few days ahead of the game. I was just really impressed with him, And he took over the communication helmet as the season went on. Um, it'd be nice to see him under our new defensive coordinator with a full training camp at with him, practicing with the number ones, seeing what he can do because I'm sure during training camp an undrafted rookie wasn't uh, with the starting unit all that much this past year.
1: I would imagine that he wasn't. Um, Maggie, um, I, mean, I I kind of get the feeling everybody's going to be buying his stock here, but I'll still go around and ask the question for everyone. Uh, Maggie, are you buying or selling uh, Chris Barnes' uh, stock for this coming season?
0: Yeah, I'm definitely buying, and I it kind of sucks not getting to see, I guess, more of this defense. The Christian Kirksey release made – absolute sense for the Packers and their cap situation. But I thought that the defense was kind of coming into its own with Chris Barnes at the mic and moving Christian Kirksey over to Will. And I know that a lot of people, um, especially in train, those that got to actually go to training camp and observe, thought that Kamal Martin was going to be a starter for this defense before he got hurt. So I think... Even more so than just buying the Chris Barnes stock, I'm buying into what Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin can be as a healthy tandem. Because if Chris Barnes didn't have a club on in some of his last couple of games of the season, I think he would have had a couple picks. He was everywhere. So, absolutely buying and excited to see kind of what the middle of the defense looks like next year.
1: All right. And, Jacob, I, I, I'm just going to
2: assume that you're going to agree with Jimmy and Maggie here. So, buying or selling here? I don't. Uh, I think Barnes is a good player. I'm impressed with what he did uh, throughout the course of last season. I'm excited to see him moving forward. That being said, I think he's better suited as the second guy, the AJ Hawk to Desmond Bishop, if you will, is what I think he's a little bit better suited for. I don't think he'll ever be that consistent playmaker. And and Brian Gutekunst said as much in his postseason press conference. He said they needed more production out of that linebacker position he didn't name um, Barnes or Kamal Martins specifically. Uh, I think that's a position that the Packers may buck a trend and try and look to upgrade this offseason. And I don't think that they have Barnes cemented, if you will, as a starter by any stretch of the imagination. Like I said, the the situation he was in and everything, like the other two just mentioned, I think is, is admirable. Uh, what he did was incredible. That being said, again, I ask, can you be a championship level defense if Chris Barnes is your number one middle linebacker? I don't know. Uh, I think that's why you know I'm tentatively selling because I like him. If he's their second, you know, if he was next to Micah Parsons, just to name a draft prospect that comes to mind, or you know, Devin White, which obviously Green Bay is not getting Devin White, but if he was next to somebody like that, I think you're in really good shape. Thing is, I don't think he's a run and chase linebacker. I think he got exposed in coverage a couple of times. I know he made a couple of plays, but some of this middle of the field defense issue is because of the limitations they had at that position with Kirksey and Martin and Barnes. And it's just something that I think they should still be trying to find somebody that can do that kind of stuff. Now, that being said, guys like Devin white and Devin Bush and Levante David, and these run and chase backers, they're rare. That's why Fred Warner, to name another. They're rare. They're hard to find. That's why that's the case that it is. But I like him, but I need to see a little bit more before I'm totally going to buy that stock.
1: All right. Well, there you have it. Five players for the 2021-22 season buying or selling stock. And uh, I'm going to wrap it right here, guys, because I'm looking at the clock and this is something amazing four people on this podcast is going to wrap up a podcast in about 25 minutes, which I don't think has ever happened. So um, we'll leave it right there. We will uh, appease Andy Herman and keep it at that. uh, We're a little bit over the 20 minutes a day, but uh, we'll we'll try to keep it right there. So real quickly, before I let you guys go, um, I want to get you uh, a chance to get uh, listeners plugged into other things you're doing. So Maggie, people want to follow you, get in touch with your work. How do they do that?
0: You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I'm down to one article a week for Cheesehead said TV in the off season, but I'll be back to two during the regular season. Um, I know Jacob is also part of the Cheesehead said TV draft guide. So make sure that you check that out when it comes out. Um, I'm sure they'll be doing like a, a watch draft party as well. Um, but make sure that you also check me out uh, once a week with Perry Goldstein doing the packs, what she said podcast episodes normally drop on Fridays. And we have a lot of fun guests in the works for the off season
1: all right awesome and jimmy people want to follow you get in touch with your work how do they do that
3: uh follow me on twitter jimmy underscore c08 i have an article come out um for pack report and then i'll be doing some things with game on wisconsin Uh, i'm starting a new video series on sunday i do my first recording uh i'm really excited about this one so um that'll be coming out next week so follow me on twitter and all my stuff will be there all
1: right awesome and finally jacob people want to follow your work get in touch with you how do they do that
2: Jimmy, that feels like something I should maybe know about or remember. Oh, boy, he's shaking his head. So that's now, terrifying. I told you I, was, I had something in the works. You did. You're right. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My brain is fried. Anyways, you can find me here every Thursday with these people. Um, And I enjoy that every week, obviously, once a week over a Packer Report. And then Game On Wisconsin, uh, the only site that I am aware of that had a guy get promoted to ESPN after he joined us. So we had Matt Miller last week. I am pretty sure that was done before he came on our show, but I am not going to not take credit for that. So the, the Game On bump is real. And if you don't believe me, ask... Kenny Clark, ask Chris Barnes, ask Elton Jenkins, ask all kinds of guys that have joined uh, Jimmy and his goofy tandem team there. Joe Thomas is getting in the Hall of Fame because of us. Remember that. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's the way that that works. So, yeah, check us out, uh, Game on WI on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that happy stuff. And then you can find me on Twitter uh, for everything else and pictures of my lovely daughter at Jacob Westendorf. And uh, those are usually pretty fun.
1: All right. Well, and uh, Jacob, I uh, appreciate you reaching out to me to ask to guest host this episode. Um, like I said, it's been a while since I've been on here. i love doing it.
2: We all make uh, mistakes. Huh, yeah, well,
1: yes, yes. Maggie, I love is.
0: you. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Maggie.
1: <laughs> and, then, and then there's Jimmy, who doesn't know me quite as well as Jacob or, or Maggie does, so that's okay. But, you, you, know, you know, Jimmy, I'm a little disappointed. You said on the last episode of Lombardi's Bar that you would text me every day. Yeah, I I forgot from you. That was like
3: two and a half weeks ago. So I don't know what's up with that. I'll pick that up today, man. I'm just, I'm not used to doing a podcast with, with you where I'm not yelling Nick, like every 10 minutes because is, your internet
1: this is weird well as you can see the internet's been fixed so <laughs> for the time being let's just hope that uh, that that holds true so uh, it was fun to be back today and uh just uh for everyone to know i'm sure it's probably on everyone's radar but uh three weeks from today nfl free agency starts march 17th so um i'm sure green bay will be very active and sign all of the top free agents that you have on your wish list so um, make that wish list, send it to Brian Gutikum, and I'm sure he will look it over thoroughly and sign every last one of them. So, with that, thank you so much for listening, everyone, and as always, go pack.